Welcome to the Timeless Teachings podcast and Timeless Teachings YouTube channel. My name is Jana, and I'm your guide into the world of mysticism, spirituality, and consciousness in a practical and down-to-earth way. Here we have open and honest conversations with teachers, leaders, influencers, and simply ordinary people from all over the world about subjects that matter for our mind, body, and soul. It is all about weaving the sacred, the soulful, and the ordinary into our everyday life. Today, our guest is Tahira Amir Sultan Khan, who is an author, speaker, technologist, and spiritual futurist. A natural-born leader and creative visionary, Tahira was appointed to be the first female president of Mobile Alliance Singapore, an initiative supported by the International Enterprise Singapore. She was given the task of making Singapore the leading hub for mobile innovation in Asia. After 20 years in technology, as an advisor and consultant to international governments, Tahira took a huge risk when she made the big switch to becoming a full-time author. Nine months of near isolation, researching, writing, reflecting, meditating and fasting, she received countless divine revelations and prophetic visions, which included the vision of the Golden Door, where she was guided to persevere despite the financial losses and the loneliness that she had to endure. And through the journey, she transformed to become a woman who is able to masterfully interweave spirituality, philosophy, geometry, quantum physics, symbolism, biology, ancient wisdom, poetry, literature, and art. In 2019, she founded the pioneering Golden Door Truth and Integrity of the Written Word, which was inaugurated on September 5th, 2020 and featured in the New York Chronicle, Asia One and Market Insider as the world's first. It is a movement and platform that recognizes and raises truth writers to become truth creators for the manifestation of the heavenly blueprint for the new world. Tahira, thank you for joining us today for Timeless Teachings. It is a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you, Yana. I've been looking forward to this because uh, I've loved your conversations. They're always very soulful and very honest. <laughs> and um, your willingness to explore uh, different things. And uh, um, I'm, I'm curious to see what, what uh, evolves from this conversation. Exactly. And it's exactly yes. how we do that. So let's see what unfolds. And just to share a bit of a story with our listeners uh, and our audience, then Tahir and I have known each other for several years already. And uh, maybe you will be sharing a little bit during our interview today, why okay. and how Tahir is doing this amazing to me, movement, which is called Golden Doors. And I have been humbly receiving an award for the poetry just recently. So that, that's that's my first award in my life for the writing. And so that's very, very special for me. And um, 
Before we move into this, what Golden Door is about, um, I would like to learn a little bit more about what Tahira is about. Who is she? Okay. <laughs> well, there is a lot, actually. There's a, Please, I'm, overwhelmed by, I'm overwhelmed by my own journey. Uh, seriously, I, I find that uh, <laughs> I've got a couple of autobiographies uh, to release. Uh, I, I've had a, I have two different kind of lives. First, I had a life of uh, being this uh, very much hardcore technologist, uh, uh, research scientist. Uh, actually, you know, your, your, your disk drives, <laughs> you did hard disk for the computer. Uh, I, was, yeah. I was the one who, had, who maintained the system that builds the disk drives or Seagate <laughs> and um, technology. Hardcore profession. <laughs> yeah, it was very much mathematician. Uh, trained, yeah, computer scientist, and then a technology consultant. And then I um, went into advising governments, actually working out the whole electronic government. Um, and uh, that was what my company did. Uh, started with my brother and then, uh, and then it grew from there. And I was actually, over the years, uh, I found that I was really, I was traveling a lot. I was going from you know, Singapore government to the Middle East governments, Dubai, Bahrain, <laughs> actually working up the framework for the electronic mm -hmm. government. That was mm -hmm. my life. Uh, sitting with the, minist the Ministry of Defense officers, <laughs> uh, working up this large, uh, very large uh, multi-million dollar contracts and projects, systems, and the uh, police force. Uh, that was my life. <laughs> and um, uh, very, very structured. Very, a lot of documentation and systems. So you think I'm a very, very structured person. Very boring. <laughs> very boring. I didn't say that. <laughs> I'm saying myself. I'm saying myself. Uh, so, um, yes. But... Uh, I, uh, that is actually not, that is only one version of me. Uh, uh, from, uh, from young, I was always very deeply spiritual. Had my first encounter with God as a uh, high being when I was 13 years old. Uh, that was through a traumatic experience. And uh, when I was in Pakistan and uh, I questioned, uh, I questioned people, I questioned human beings. Why were they like that? Why were they so humiliating? Uh, from what would happen to me. And uh, that, that experience, I remember I felt so safe, the presence of God with me when I was 13 years old. And since then, I wanted to understand the universe. I wanted to understand high beings, which is the reason why I took up mathematics, because I wanted to understand the structure. <laughs> uh, but I wanted to understand just the structure of the universe, but I also wanted to understand who resided in it, who was the master of the universe. Uh, brought up from Islamic background. So uh, just, you know, like you're told what to do. You're told mm -hmm. to be, but I want to understand everything. So I said to my father when I was about uh, 18 years old, and I finished my A-levels. I said to dad, my father, I said, dad, you know, I need to understand this religion myself. I know you've been arranging imams to teach us Arabic and the Quran, but I need to understand this myself. So he said, okay, I'll take you on a journey with me. So I delayed my, my degree 
I said, I'm going to do mathematics, but I don't want to do it yet. So I delayed by a year and I said, Dad, I, I need to understand this first. So for one year, my father and I actually worked together to um, go through the commentary of the Holy Quran. Mm-hmm. And the commentary, which is the English translation. And then I already had the poet in me. So I, I said to him, I said, I want to, I want to craft it. I want to read it, understand the Quran, and I want to bring it in my own way, in my own flow. So I wrote it in, in, pro, in poetry. <laughs> so, but it was not supposed to be distributed. So my father published it for me. He went through everything. It was a really thick one. Uh, he published it for me, but he said, I'm only going to distribute it to close family and friends. Otherwise, you could get attacked, which is true. Mm-hmm. You're only 18, 19, 18, 19 at that time. And then you are writing it in poetry. So I said, Dad, yes. He, so he published about, uh, he printed about 1,000 books. And he gave it to all his close customers, family. We have a big family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So that was my spiritual side of me. And I went, so I went through that, uh, understood that. Uh, and then over the years, as I was in hardcore technology and then hardcore government advisory, traveling with the ministers, Minister of State, I remember, Ministry of Trade and Industry, presenting in Oman and Qatar about new e-governance. I understand how to set up in a government, an e-government for an entire country. I actually know how to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was how much I was doing of that. But on the same side, there was a spiritual side of me. And I was, then I realized over the years that I was supposed to shift my focus because I started getting divine revelation and I had an encounter. I had angelic encounters. I had an encounter with Christ. I mm-hmm. had an encounter with, with beings, which are not of this world. Okay, now this sounds a little bit woo-woo. <laughs> This sounds a bit woo-woo, okay? But um, anyway. so But you had it. Exactly. (laughs) And people who had the same experience, they can totally relate to this as they're listening. And those who haven't, I would just invite you to stay open-minded and just take it as it is because we all have our own truths and a big part of the conversation here to give space to people to say as it is. No judgment. So please continue to hear it. Okay. So um, I started having this. Um, this was a couple of years ago, I would say, my goodness, uh, it's 2011 mm-hmm. when I first had that experience. And that time, I remember I was appointed to be the president of the Mobile Innovation Society of Singapore, which is supported by International Enterprise Singapore, again, the government. And they wanted to make Singapore the number one for mobile innovation in all of Asia. Mm-hmm. So I was so I was again even more, <laughs> even more uh, further from e-government is also doing mobile. So I remember that at that time, um, I had this inclination as the, as the president. I said to them, instead of just channel uh, releasing mobile technology, mobile technology, let's not start looking at the safety of humans. Let's look at how we can protect humans while they use the mobile technology. Uh, I made that statement to the committee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they said to me, we don't care about the human so much. We just want to sell technology. Why do you care? I said, because I do care. <laughs> we need to look at both sides. You know, um, anyway, that's what it is. So um, 
on a releasing from three, from moving from 3G to 4G to 5G. At that time, 5G was uh, coming up. And um, then I realized that I was more concerned about the human than the technology. Mm-hmm. And I found there was a misfit in my own self. And I found that whenever I was free, I would paint and I would just write down and journal and I would, uh, I would write letters to God. You know, at least to my higher self, I was writing letters and emails. And I said, I'm more concerned about the human and the planet than this, all this selling of mobile technology and making the best government in the e-government in the world. I'm not really concerned about that, actually. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So that's when I started painting. I started sketching with my free time. And then I realized my first sketch, which I wrote, which I showed in my book was a prophecy of the future. It showed an encounter with three beings of, from the past, present, and the future. And I was sketching it, and then I said, why was I sketching these three people <laughs> who looked ancient and looked from the future? And I was, showing, I was sketching p- patterns and certain colors I was adding in. Then as the months passed, I saw what I had sketched was actually becoming true. Mm. Yeah. And uh, 2011, I had, I, I went into more meditation. I went to, into Buddhist, Buddhism then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a Thai forest monk who I went to, who he would come to Singapore every month. Uh, he was a very special monk. He, he would go lose himself in the forest for months and months. Uh, and then, but I, I did, I asked him this question, why do you keep coming to Singapore every month? Uh, this is because it's important here. Uh, Singapore is like a meeting point, you know. Interesting. Just just to pause here, it's very interesting. Actually, I did hear this from many teachers, monks, uh, shamans, uh, priests, uh, all sort of spiritual leaders and agnostic people have been, or just people who are sensitive to energy. Many of them have said that Singapore just energetically is a very special place. And it might might be counterintuitive because the world perceives Singapore to be very organized, very disciplined, not so spiritual, but actually just the location of it and the potential is enormous. So it's interesting that now this, this, this portal starts opening up and it's also about time. So yes, please continue. <laughs> yes. So he said that to me and I would go to him and then, because uh, I was meditating more and I was learning directly from him. And once I felt this intense pain in my left palm and uh, it was just, it was really strong whenever I meditated. And then he got really excited and he said to me, something is coming. So he, w- he was look up and said, something is, is coming. So he was, again, he could see something. So, and I, I did have that encounter. I had an encounter. Uh, September, 2013, I remember I, I was so, life was very difficult because I had pushed myself too much. And uh, sometimes when you do these very large contracts, and uh, they say to you, you've doubled your team. You know, you have 10 people, make it 20. Anyway, it was a total misfit in my own, my own life. And uh, uh, yeah, so because of the difficulties I was going through, one time I actually had a nervous breakdown. This was September, as I mentioned. And uh, I remember this. 
my mother and my husband were there mm-hmm. and i just collapsed to the floor i I, do, i cannot explain that i just collapsed to the floor uh and felt this overwhelming grief in me it's like my my i had died in some way mm-hmm. uh and uh, my mother just was so frightened she just picked me up uh and my husband also went down to help me and then i had you know like you know the markings like blood in the mm-hmm. center of my palm and my husband saw that and he just stood up and he said divinity stigmata as and i didn't understand that so much i've heard about it i've seen in the movies you know stigmata mm-hmm. anyway uh, i told uh, the buddhist monk the forest monk about it he's the one who prophesied this that mm-hmm. i would have an encounter i started researching and reading and then i spent more time in meditation uh and this time i was standing up and praying uh very much like this the islamic prayer where you stand up and pray and then meditating at the same time i com- combined it mm-hmm. and then i had the encounter had fire and with with a person in a robe and uh there was an angel it looked like christ and after that everything my whole life changed after that uh i was healed in every way possible i felt something opened up in me i was no longer the same again uh after that week after week i was receiving so much information and my book started forming uh, sometimes paragraphs would appear and i don't know where it came from um you know scientific explanations of things so my book is kind of scientific which is my background but mm-hmm. science which crosses across goes across my technology background to biology and uh, cos geometry and all that and an intermingle with spirituality and how uh i was being shown that how we had to upgrade ourselves as humans and there would be a time when human beings would be uh very much tested and uh, all the energy i was putting in technology had to be shifted to the human technology um and spirituality had to really really accelerate to another level and it wasn't just for the people who were at the grassroots level it means people who were not making leadership decisions it had to be the leaders it had to go across the board and that came over many months uh the information and um then i began to understand uh and i saw the vision of the golden door i was shown there's many doors but the golden door was shown to me and that i had to take that path of the golden door the golden door um means absolute truth and also it's the highest version of ourselves it is truth and integrity it's a difficult path which we can choose to take it's all about choice and um how um i had to yes as i shifted my focus uh i was still trying to understand what is all this about uh you know as i was writing my book 
And as I released it, uh, I saw it was about unity. I saw it was about the individual. It is about the small, no longer the large organizations anymore. Before I was dealing with large organizations, channeling all the energy on that. Now we have to focus on the small, the individual, the small businesses, the small, uh, because they had to be risen up. And the underdogs, the diamonds in the rough, you could say. Uh, and also, I had encounters with angels. Uh, there was a number of them. <laughs> and there was one time when I had, uh, there's an angel with a, a pen in one hand and a lightning bolt in the other. So pen meant write. You are a writer. And I never thought I'd be a writer. Honestly, I wasn't interested in writing. I, was, I did not consider myself as an, as an author at all. But I started developing that ability. So to really write an entire book, which uh, I had no training on at all, mm -hmm. but I was being guided on how to write it with the characters. So I was guided not to write a purely nonfiction book. I was supposed to write it like fiction. Mm -hmm. uh, creative nonfiction and add characters and the story un unfolding. Um, and uh, so, yes, writing, that was important. And then published my book. And uh, then I found myself getting into the publishing industry, God knows how, because some important people started reading my book. <laughs> yes. And because I was dealing with leaders and people from government, they were curious about my book. So my book launch had like, you know, the JP Morgan head, the Singapore government leaders, <laughs> those kind of people, especially for a supernatural spiritual book. Mm -hmm. This mm -hmm. is really strange. They were very, very amused, in fact. <laughs> what is this? We thought you were so strict. You were, you know, like Minister of Defense. <laughs> then you writing this spiritual book, which is storytelling. Um, so how, what was their reaction? What was their reaction to this? Because I also think it's really relevant actually for many people. As you know, people are waking up and they often have very serious professions or whatever serious profession is. And sometimes it takes a lot of courage to do what you do. And that is also want to highlight here what you have been sharing until now to hear. I can see that you're, you're speaking so much the depths of your truth that is moments when you when you recap it in your mind, it, it, it's it's moving, it is vulnerable, and they just want to acknowledge it and say that I see this. And I also really appreciate you being so honest and open about that because as you are sharing, and I feel it's also a big part of the work that you do, as we are all sharing the truth, then we also give permission other people to do the same. And uh, so now that you are sharing your story, someone who have been and still are, right? So because of people, you know, so sort of connected to the to the top of the government and business world and on the national level and across countries, very international. And here you are going around talking about angels and spirituality and God talking to you. And yes. people go, what are you talking about, Tahira? So how was yes. their reaction? Okay. I... I approached this one gentleman who is actually a very well-known person in Singapore. And he was the mentor 
to our founder of Singapore. Um, mm-hmm. Lee, Kuan, Lee Kuan Yew, our founder of Singapore. Amir Ali Juma Boy was, the, was a mentor. He passed away uh, in November 2020. So mm-hmm. I had approached him when I just finished my manuscript. Okay, because preparing for the launch. And I said to him, can you read my manuscript? Because I don't know what people are going to think. Right. So and he, he received a Lifetime Achievement Award. Anyway, he's, he's uh, chairman of the Scots, you know, the Scots Road. Yeah. They owned all that. Okay. So, yes. So anyway, he, he read my book and he says he loved it. He read it twice and he went straight to see my father. And he said to, said to him, he says, how does she know all this stuff? Because it was prophesying the future. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to happen in the future. Uh, and uh, then he said to me, Tyra, you can release a book like this because you have the authority. You have dealt with the government. You've dealt with business. People will believe you. They mm-hmm. won't think that you're just making things up. And also because I put in scientific justification in almost everything. I explored more than 45 scientific theories, which are still evolving because science is not, has not got everything yet. You know, So a lot of theories, physics, quantum physics, it's all, being, it's all evolving. So I, I did cross-referencing with a lot of quantum physics theories. So he says that you have justified a lot of things. And of course, there's some parts which can't be justified, but that is ready for exploration. I allow them to think and evolve and evaluate. Mm-hmm. But I don't say in my book, this is it. I leave them thinking and feeling. It's a lot of feeling there. So, yes. Um, so he said, I will, I will be the one to write the forward to, to your book. So that mm-hmm. if any, anybody questions, <laughs> they know that someone really serious uh, is there to support it. And um, yes, so when I released it, it was great. Uh, the, uh, the chief of the Singapore Press Holding Lifestyle also bought my book, all sorts of people. And since then, I left behind the technology world and became a full-time author. I don't know how that happened. Yes. And then I met with Dr. Kirpal Singh. Yes. Who read my book. And he said that he wanted to get to know me better. And we started having discussions and discussions. And I said to him, I said, I've seen deception in the corporate world, but I'm seeing the same thing in the publishing world. Because the publishing world has the gatekeepers. Then mm-hmm. you need to be well known to be able to get your book out there. Mm-hmm. And then if you become a real bestseller, then maybe you get a movie. So you need to have some kind of name. So if mm-hmm. you're unknown, uh, you know, it takes a lot to get your book. And even it has great substance. So how are we going to ever shape this world if you're going to focus on the glamour and we're going to focus on the person's name, whether it's a famous journalist, and get, they get to get their books to the best publishers, the gatekeepers. And uh, how about those who have real information, which really the world needs to hear about? What happens to them? He says, welcome to the deception <laughs> in the publishing world. I said, well, 
I think he's, and then I said, it seems to be not much different to the entertainment world. And then that's when a lot of truth came out between me and him. Mm-hmm. And here I was a technologist 20 over years, and he is a veteran literarist and cultural critic of Singapore, poet laureate, judging for 40 years. Commonwealth Prize Asian director telling me all the truth about things. And I said, don't you think it's about time we change things? I know I've just become an author, <laughs> but, but for me, time doesn't have a factor. Mm-hmm. So I'm totally new in this, by the way. I noticed, I said, how about if we started evaluating and start raising up those writers who take the courage to write truth instead of being swayed by genre and by what publishers want? And what's trendy? How about if we go back to what's really important, what's essential, and make them the new celebrities? Shift that completely. And then he says, hmm, how do you measure it? How do you measure truth and integrity? I said, there's a way to measure everything. It's an invisible. (laughs) You know, sometimes we look at intention, and then there's a knowing also. Just like spirituality is is an invisible. God is invisible God, but we believe in him. So there is some, some things can't be measured, but there is a knowing that beats you. So some things we can measure, the integrity of information, we do, we do involve qualitative, quantitative work. Some things can be, we have a feel. So I said, let the judges have a feel. Mm. So he said, okay, let's do this. So we joined forces. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> so, so I, I, me, neither do I. You know, I mean, because I have heard <laughs> you talking about it two years ago. I think, right? You have already done twice Golden Door. So first yeah, was twice. last year, and that was also under incredibly difficult circumstances because this is when the COVID hit, the pandemic started, and suddenly from the kind of physical event that had to become an online event, which also was a curse and a blessing at the same time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you managed to do this. And now you have just completed a second round of the Golden Door Awards. Yes. So because I saw the Golden Door and then it was truth and integrity, and it was about the individual, I said, this is, you should not make it a book awards. It should not mm-hmm. be a poetry awards. It should be about the individual. He says, okay, so we'll assess the material they submit first, and then you'll assess the person. And that will be the bigger part of it. There is greater assessment of the person than the material, actually. So, and also, I'll just backtrack a bit. Please. Remember I mentioned about in 2011, that was the first spiritual encounter. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was an angelic encounter. 2011. My encounter with Jesus was 2013, but 2011 was the angel. And the angel spoke to me and said, God is sending a lot of messages to a lot of people right now. So there are going to be a lot of messengers. Need to find the right messengers. So then I remember that because I remember that that's, that voice was very, very powerful. Uh, and, and so I said to Kirpal, I said, we need to focus on the messengers. We're driven by something bigger and greater. 
And uh, it's not really about just a writer. Uh, you know, it's beyond that. They should be the. They should be the. They should be the examples of the new leaders because they are going to impact the written word. There are two things: the written word and the spoken word. The first thing you do when you wake up, you you read what is written, and you hear what is spoken. Yeah. We need to shape the written word first, and in order to reveal your truth, it's easier to to put it out in written word first than to speak it. At least for most people, it's easy to write it out. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. So I said, you focus on the written word. Just as an angel showed to me, focus on the written word. And Dr. Kripal is quite a spiritual person also himself. So he says, okay, the written word. So we so he said, truth and integrity of the written word. That is the golden door, is the vision. Exactly as what was shown spiritually. And now we're going to take what was shown spiritually and make it in the physical, the manifestation, in the real world, in the marketplace, in the business world, business people could be submitting the entry, it doesn't matter, medical, medical professionals, whoever. It is something, and we were, we so that was what it was. And uh, I'm also very thankful to Professor Tommy Koh, mm -hmm. Singapore's ambassador at large to the United Nations. And I shared that with him. He was the first person after Dr. Kirpal Singh. He says, this is a, a, a visionary thing to do, this project. So then everything just went on from there. Amira Lee Jumaboy, mentor to the founder of Singapore, Dr. Kirpal Singh, Singapore's most prominent literarist, Tommy Ko. So with that kind of support, Anything could happen. I just need to make things happen. Even though it sounds very spiritual and supernatural, that is just the invisible substance that's led by God. But now we need to make it real. And making it real, that's where my business side came in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> my and you're really good at that. You are very good at that, to bringing this physical and metaphysical together. I mean, I have been seeing it for several years now. You yes. definitely have a talent there, Tahira. And then being very structured and then the military training that I had. Yep. <laughs> um, so one of the things that I was guided is that I was recently given this message. I receive messages and I get, receive vision and dreams every week, by the way, mm -hmm. and I write them out. Uh, this was received by the people in my team. My team are very spiritual. They mm. receive messages too. And one of them said to me, uh, you are now the guardian. So the guardian, okay, I said guardian, all right. Need to make sure that whoever comes in, the ambassador, those who start leading, because it's, we're going to start having a pool of people who are going to represent Golden Door. Mm -hmm. And they need to represent the values of truth and integrity. And then from there, it spurs on. And uh, this is what I'm doing now, is to bring those values. And uh, now to work on taking it further now, Okay, we've uh -huh. established now it's two years. Two years is nothing really. But at least now we have a full team. We have a full team of judges also. Uh, we have pra uh, Prajna Mudaya from it, who was a previous uh, apprentice Asia. 
mm-hmm. uh, judge and then, you know, Joanne Flynn, Dob Salisbury, mm-hmm. we are bringing in more judges mm-hmm. and uh, our executive committee is expanding. We are also going to sort of set up a foundation, which I did mention to you. Yes, and, and we did talk about that. Mm-hmm. That foundation <laughs> is going to be incorporated in Singapore. And we've got some notable people who are going to be part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that foundation is going to be purely on the values, upholding the values of truth and integrity in our lives. So it's not about the written word now. That is just uh, truth and integrity um, as values. Mm-hmm. So that will be the next step. We have the awards, which is truth and integrity written word. We will keep building up and raising up the truth writers. And it is all in line based on the visions I have received, you know. So, and I'm just waiting to see what's next, which is what I'm doing now. I have about a few months, which I'm now, I have my book through the golden door. I'm working on the sequel. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there's been a lot that's been revealed and see what is the next step. And uh, then I start again with, you know, with uh, getting to the grind from January 2022. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this time right now, these few months is working out the structure to the next level of Golden Dome. And I just also want to sort of jump in here just to make it clear to people who are listening. You have been referring a lot that um, the core team for Golden Door right now is based out of Singapore or Asia just at the moment. And I want to clarify to our listeners that you are going global. And also that it is by no means limited to Asia. It's by no means limited to Singapore. And we also have seen, because I have been part of that, right? So we have seen people from all over the world submitting. And I just want to say to everyone who is listening or watching it right now, that wherever you are located in the world, when you're listening to this right now and you listen to the hero's message and you go, this is me, you know, I'm the writer and I'm saying something which I feel really important for my culture. It's really important for my upbringing. It is really important for my personal story. And I also believe where humanity is going. I want to create this new world, right? Based on the integrity of truth. So absolutely reach out to the Hira and we will provide all the links and all information, how you can get in touch with her and her team. Do submit for the next Golden Door Awards. So I just want to clarify here that this is a global work. This is a global movement. And it just happened that right now, Tahira and the founders of Golden Doors are based out of Singapore, just coincidentally. So, but it's not by any means limited to the kind of physical territory of it. Just wanted to clarify this. That's right. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. We have uh, participants. We've got... Uh, our committee is also becoming more international. Uh, when I announce it uh, soon, you will hear the announcements. You will see they're coming from different parts of the world. So by next year, even mm-hmm. those who are managing things, it will be very, mm-hmm. very international. But the birthplace, it has to come from one place. The birthplace was from Singapore, which is special because it's a tiny red dot mm-hmm. doing something important. Mm-hmm, and uh, mm-hmm. the tiny red dot is multicultural. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have no boundaries, actually. 
And we started our virtual, but I hope, I know, no, we will have a physical event um, and we will have multiple physical events. I envision this being, as I shared last year, that we will have multiple in every part of the world. Mm-hmm. And then there'll be an international one. So be local ones and then international. This is what we envision long-term. Beautiful. This is beautiful to hear. And again, uh, I myself, and I wanted to have this conversation to get involved more and see what we can do. And I'm also just encouraging again, our listeners, also, if you want to just get involved into what Golden Door is doing and this movement, and if you feel that this is something you want to be part of, then absolutely reach out and ask, how can you help? How can you get involved in this? And so now we talked about you, we talked about Golden Doors. And what I'm curious about is your daily practice, if you have any. So now saying that you have those connections, right? You have been on this journey for a while and you have this very scientific background. So you're kind of a beautiful example of a left, right brain balance person who can bring physical and metaphysical together in alignment. Do you have any spiritual, conscious, mystical, human practices that you do every day or not? Yes, I do. I definitely Mm do. Um, I do meditations. I do rather long ones. And uh, I focus on connecting with the Holy Spirit because of my encounter with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I listen to the Sylphagio frequencies mm-hmm. when I do my meditations. Sometimes it's different frequencies, I just choose that. And I, that's as simple as that. Uh, I don't have any religious practices. I just focus on the connecting with the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit and letting the Holy Spirit lead me and guide me. Uh, I do occasional fasting. So now mm-hmm. I'm preparing for a long fast. So I've been preparing like um, having raw foods and I don't take any red meats. I've not taken mm-hmm. red meat for the past six years. And uh, I've done a lot of it fasting. And when I do fasting, I've had that spiritual expansion and I receive a lot more information. When I was writing my book, I did a lot of fasting. Five days, three days, or intermittent one days. And then uh, that helps me receive information because it is through the spirit that we contact God. Um, And that's about it. You know, physical exercise, I do my own physical exercises. Um, I do yoga and uh, stretching and then I I enjoy running and I've always been an athlete so I enjoy trekking also now it's difficult to trek so much but I just go for long walks or long uh, uh, brisk walks and uh, as simple as that actually nothing complicated (laughs) nothing really more than that uh, a lot of time, I think journaling. Yes, I always keep a journal with me. I have one on the right because sometimes I want. I like to sketch out what my thoughts are and what I suddenly receive uh, because I like art. And 
it helps me reveal what's really, it reveals some uh, hidden information which I have inside me, which I can't really write out in words. I would write it out in words after sketching. Mm. Yeah. I have a vision board also, which I put on the wall. And then that vision board is not the standard vision board. It's an evolving vision board, which shows the visions, actual visions I get and the dreams I get in line with my core purpose and in line with the organization, the tribe I'm building. That's my vision board. And also at the top, I have on my vision board, I have a, I craft out my big story. Big story is the legacy, which I hope to leave behind. So I actually draw out the legacy, which I hope to leave behind. So I draw out whatever I wish to manifest. Yes. That's a lot of tools to hear. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. So I'm just encouraging okay. again people, if you didn't get all of this, listen to this part and take notes okay. for all the things that you can do to implement this into your life. Those, those are just great recommendations that could be done to stay connected okay. to the source. And I'm not sure if I have been sharing with you, but I myself right now also, because I'm on my journey on my one year sabbatical in the midst of pandemic. And a big part of this, I'm also writing a book just largely documenting what is happening around and conversations I'm having with people. And I like your idea very much about fasting because I also can totally relate to this. When I want to do the, the purest writing, it's important to reduce intake of food or any other stimulation of senses, right? You kind yes. of go back towards yourself, into yourself, and then this, the, the channel to receive just becomes pure and cleaner in my experience. And yes. so it's, it's beautiful to see that you, you're sharing her similar experience. Yes, it's a very essential part. In fact, when I run a book writing program, and that's part of the book writing program. Mm, you make them fast. <laughs> Optional, I suggest. I don't force them. Mm -hmm. I said, mm -hmm. You want to get pure information because the book writing program is to help you write your deeper truth. So, and it could be fiction. It could be a fiction book because some stories you don't want, they don't want to reveal. It's so, it could be so tragic. Mm -hmm. It could involve persons. So I suggest writing fiction with characters. And uh, a lot of fiction is also real. True stories. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So I encourage that. Yes, that's right. And you can do just one day, but just, you can just do different forms. One day, three days. Uh, and then when you're ready, you do longer. Mm -hmm. not a force it's a flow mm, and I your, that. your body adjusts and body adjusts to it so you can do like uh, there's different types of fast you can do a water fast you can do a dry fast you really want to go extreme but then you can be very careful dry fast means no, nothing at all but that mm -hmm. is only when you really want to very short one day two days max three days max or you can do a Daniel fast. A Daniel fast is just vegetables and fruits, something like that. Then there's a sunset fast, which is you fast during the day and then you just have something light at night. Not late at night, but early evening. So you can do all those different types of fasts. And of course, there's the intermittent fasting. So it's up to you. Uh, then you can stretch it a bit more. When I don't have distraction, then I take a longer fast. Mm -hmm. I've done the longest was 10 days. Uh, this time I'm waiting for 1st of October, then I will do a long one. Right now I'm doing short ones because right now I still have a lot of work. 
uh, it'd be very tiring for me to do a full fast now. Uh, I'd, be, I'd be drained. So I did short ones, one day, two days, three days. Then 1st of October, I'll do a long one. I will not have any much work. I'll just focus on writing. Yes. That's, I love those ideas. You know, I do. And also, as you're sharing, I just remembered myself that completely sort of uh, coincidentally, I happen to be on the intermediate fasting now for a very long time. And it's pretty much the way how I live my life. So it, it's not even something which you do uh, like as a fasting, fasting, it becomes a new reality. And yeah. um also, if I'm just looking, so we are slowly coming towards the end of our interviews, and there is a half a few more questions left. Um, one of them, I know that you have been spending, and you still are in Singapore, right? So oh, I'm in Malaysia now. Uh, you're in Malaysia right now. Okay, so you're in Malaysia at the moment. So nevertheless, you did go like everyone else through all the lockdowns and restrictions and various places and countries. And I'm just bringing it up because that has been um area of challenge for many people to just deal with this mentally and still being able to be productive and i'm just referring to you because you're one of those people who also give birth to something really important like golden doors awards in the midst of all of this so maybe just um just a little of your own way sort of advice perhaps to people who might be listening to this and they're finding themselves in a difficult mental uh, situation and position right now in relation to lockdowns or quarantines, um, something that worked for you if you felt some days maybe you were lower than usual and not that motivated. So what can they do? Very simply, the greatest things are created or birth in the most painful times. Mm. In the brightest light comes out in the darkest of times. So I see this as a very special time. So much can be birthed. We're we are entering into another renaissance. The people who have never written poetry are writing poetry. The people who have never written songs are writing and singing songs. So because people have been questioning about life, they've seen so much maybe death, not maybe not death, like in the time of the Black Plague, but more of... Uh, being confined mm -hmm. and being gloomy. So they think so much of the darkness, dark feelings. So then they want to question life. So when you question life, then you also want to bring new things. If you allow it, it's all about choice, right? So mm -hmm. to take this time as a time to bring out that those special things, which you would not do it when everything is great. <laughs> when everything is busy, you will not be able to have chance. Uh, it really is a time to cocoon yourself or to uh, free yourself or to discover yourself, whatever means you. Like, for example, you are discovering yourself, I guess, through the gap year or traveling okay. around. For That's someone my else. way of discovering, yes. <laughs> yeah, for someone else, it could be just being by themselves. For someone, another person, it could be just by writing. It depends. You have to know what is the means. It's not one fixed method it's not one fixed way different means and then you will see you have to have some you have to have faith of allowing that to birth and it may take some time it may take a bit of time mm -hmm. uh, but to have the patience and to know that everybody has that light within to be revealed into something real it's not just a light that just resides within you, but it's something real to make, to bring into the world. 
you all, everyone carries a blueprint. And part of a blueprint, you just need to bring form to that blueprint, third dimensional form. Powerful, powerful message. And the final question for today, Tahira, what was your most favorite game as a child? What an interesting question. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, doesn't it, can it be a physical game? Anything, anything goes. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I mean, not just, okay, physical game and also uh, computer games. Okay. There was a bit of a geek side in me. Uh, I physical physical games. Um, I uh, enjoyed the uh, you know bit of adventure, treasure hunts. I would say, yeah, let's see that. Yeah, treasure hunts and uh, seeking, hide and seek. I would say, mm. yeah, but more um, uh, very sporty person. I always wanted to challenge myself. Anything that involves challenge. Uh, some of those board games, yeah, anything that, that there was a board game called Life. I don't know if you remember that. There's some old I board grew up game. in USSR, but didn't have that. <laughs> yeah, so that was when I was very young. Uh, so, and uh, those very challenging computer games. I know, that's me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually like that. I wanted to test my skills to the limit. Uh, that's the answer I have. Sorry, but it's, it's not too interesting. <laughs> no, I, I find it's very interesting. It's actually every time I love to ask these questions and it always a surprise unless you listen to other interview till the end. So people never know when it's coming. And what amazes me every single time that we end up doing what we were doing as children. So it's the same thing. Treasure hunting now, you're just looking for the messengers, adventure. It's solving complex issues, putting it together. Yeah. It's exactly the same thing you were doing when you were a child. Oh, and one thing I really, really loved. In fact, that was the one thing I loved the most was uh, astronomy. Astronomy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love that. Yeah, I, I wanted to, again, anything that involved games involving exploration. If the game, computer game was involving Planetary exploration, that was my favorite. There were a number of them. <laughs> so, Thank you for sharing. Yeah. <laughs> Astronaut was my, actually my, my dream job. Well, I, I wanted to be a ballerina. So I don't know how that connects. I guess I am dancing through life and you're connecting stars, you know, in your own way. <laughs> so yes. Thank you. Thank you for sharing this here. It was very beautiful. And um, again, for everyone else who is listening to us right now, please connect with Tahira and Golden Dose team and see how you can get involved, whether you want to be a writer, contributor, whether you want to be part of the team. And I'm just wishing from my point of view for the Golden Door Awards to be present in every country all over the world and to many, many more events uh, online and offline. So thank you for joining us today. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for listening and thank you for watching. 
Timeless Teachings podcast and Timeless Teachings YouTube channel, an online platform for raw, real, and unfiltered conversations about spirituality, mysticism, and consciousness in a practical and down-to-earth way. We invite guests from all over the world to show you the variety of systems, schools, pathways, and life stories that give the promise of illumination or what is called liberation in all aspects of a human life. It is up to you to decide which path resonates with you the most at this moment of your life. Only you know what is right for you. Did you enjoy the interview? Feel free to share this episode with friends. Subscribe to the podcast and YouTube channel and follow us on social media. Stay wild and be humble. До встречи!